But God is still scripting your story. He is still writing your future. Her future is, it's girls grounded in the gospel. Her future is not just um, an event to come to on a Friday night. If you're not in a group, girls, you need to get in a group, right? You need to get in a smaller circle. You need to get in a sisterhood circle surrounded by other women that will encourage you, challenge you, call you out, hello, call you up, hello, and encourage you all along the way. Amen? But her future is girls grounded in the gospel that are growing together into all that God has planned for our lives. We are together women on mission. Say, I'm a woman on mission. We have a mission. It's called the Great Commission to go into all of our worlds and simply share about the goodness of Jesus. It's really not that complicated. It's not that fancy. It's not always at a dinner party. It's definitely not on a stage. It is called in the daily. In the daily, God's girls on the go that are grounded in the gospel. Amen? Amen. So your future, if we're going to talk about that tonight, and I just want to help break it down just a little bit to bring some biblical context to who we are and where we're going, really. And really, I believe, because it's all grounded in the gospel, I can say with boldness and confidence, it is where God desires all of us to go. Our lives might look a little different. Some of us might be working moms. Some of us part-time, full-time. Some of us are stay-at-home moms. Some of us are, are getting our master's, are working on our doctorate. Some of us are young, working professionals. Some of us are boss babes going on and crushing our girls, our goals and taking over the world. Some of us, our kids are out of our house and we're figuring out, wow, what does this season look like now? Every age, every stage, every season, every story. But the truth is, for all of us, if we just say, oh, her future, well, that sounds really grandiose and a little bit obscure. But the truth is, according to what Jesus did at the cross and at resurrection, your future, the Bible says, is now hidden in Christ. If you really want to be committed to walk into all that God has for you, to not just be a gossip girl, to not just be somebody that tears people down, to not just be somebody that lives their life to one-up the next person around them, not somebody that lives in insecurity and inferiority, stuck in pride, stuck in shame, but a girl that says, God, here I am. I don't have it all figured out. I don't know why I've had to walk through some of the things I've had to walk through, but God, God, my heart, my life is surrendered for God's glory or nothing at all. Your future is going to be found in Christ. Every one of us were raised by different parents, come from different backgrounds. Some of us were walking in the fullness of the dream that we dreamed. Others are still praying and believing for God to open that next door. 
But one thing that every single one of us can control is our ability to hide ourselves in Christ. Colossians 3 verse 3 says this, For you have died to yourselves. Some, some of the translations just say, for you have died. And I'm like, wow, I'm not sure what to do with that, God. <laughs> for I have died. Okay, what does that mean? But when you read it in another translation, I'm like, well, I, can, I get that. Thanks for speaking my language. Unfortunately, I do know when I'm dying to myself and when I haven't died to myself. Like, I have that kind of awareness, right? We all get stuck in ourselves sometimes, don't we? But according, if we want to walk into her future, your future, you've got to, for you have to die to yourself and the real life, the real life, the peace when you should have no peace, the joy when everything isn't going your way, the confidence when you just had a disappointment or the tables turned or there was a detour coming that you didn't quite expect, guess what? You're learning to die to yourself and find that real life that's hidden in Christ. I want to ask you tonight, just quietly in your own heart, do you know what it means to have a life hidden in Christ? Have you ever walked through pain privately? And if you didn't find where Jesus was, you wouldn't have made it? Or have you ever walked through something that was so outside of your comfort zone? Hello, I'm Liz Turner and I'm an introvert. And some reason God asked me to hold a microphone and gather people. Or, what? Hi, Kendall. Sorry, just saw a friend I haven't seen in a while. Sometimes, if I can just be honest, I'm like, okay, God, like, I have the, I'm a creative. I dream big dreams. I love to walk them out. I love design. But when it comes to the people, it overwhelms me. So what do I have to do? I have to find a life hidden in Christ. I have to find who I am in Christ so that I actually have the grace to do what he asked me to do because in my own ability, in my own personality, it would be very overwhelming to me. And sometimes it still is. Hello. Hello future, right? God always calls us girls to walk out on the water. He doesn't call us to stay just safely on the shore. There's times that he just will nudge you. And then there's some times where it's like he's taken all of the life rafts away. And like, if you don't go, you're going to go sinking with the boat. Because that's where he is. So if our real lives are hidden in Christ, how do you find yourself hidden in Christ? Like, can we just be honest? Like, I'm all about teaching the Bible. I'm all about living the word of God. But, like, that's like, well, my life is hidden in Christ, so I can't really see Christ. Like, well, where is he hiding? And then how do I hide myself in him? I mean, wow, complexity. Well, you know how you do it? You do it by hiding his word in your heart. You do it by going the hard yards 
of intimacy with Jesus. You do it, how you get authority on your life, it is not by going and telling everybody you have authority. It's not by gathering all the girls in your neighborhood and having a Bible study, which is a great idea. I'm not saying don't do that. How you really step into the future that God has for you, it happens in private. All things that conceive and bear life happen in private, or they should. Hello, world. But how you do that, girls, and this is very simple tonight, but it's not as simple to live. It's not. We can talk it. We can act like it. But we got to get in it. We got to get in our Bibles. We got to be babes that know how to wield and yield the Bible as our sword, as our shield, as the lamp unto our feet, as the light unto our path, as the, the guard over our tongue and our mouth and the words that we speak, a guard and a filter over our heart and the thoughts that we keep. We have to learn to get into the word of God. And I just want to challenge everybody here, including myself. I think God is calling us to dive a little bit deeper. Not deeper by sounding pious and religious. Diving deeper with Jesus without you telling anybody else about it. When you're overwhelmed, when you look overlooked, when you're at home and you're like, God, how do I do all this? When you're even obeying him and you're like, wow, God, this is requiring a strength that is not of me. I need you, God. And learning how to lean into the word and learning how to lean into not only the struggle but having awareness because there is power. Let me just say this tonight. I'm not going to dig deeper into this. I will, but I am going to just drop the bomb tonight and I'll talk about it later. There is power in confessional community. Because the Bible says that we are forgiven by confessing our sins to him. He forgives us and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But there is the power of confession to one another that the Bible says brings healing. It brings healing to our hearts. It brings healing to our souls. It brings clarity back to our mind. It brings soberness back to our heart. It brings an empowerment that comes from the Spirit of God that does not come from man, that does not come from personality, does not come from experience. It comes from Christ and Christ alone. Look at the lives of the first apostles. Look at the lives of the disciples that left jobs as accountants and lawyers and fishermen and they dropped what they were doing to follow him. Do you think they knew the way? No, they just found the way. They found the truth. They found the one that had the life that their heart was longing for her future. Psalms 119 verse 11. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart. I teach that to our kids. I'm still teaching that to Graham. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Oh, we're going to talk about the sin word. Do you know what sin means? 
I got upset with my husband today. Sin. I did. I really did get upset with my husband today. <laughs> what, Pastor Kyle? Yes. <laughs> what, Pastor Liz? <laughs> yes. I was stressed. I had my baby. I was doing a lot of things. We just bought a house. I was having so many things done. It was just a lot going on. And I let my stress get to me. Am I the only one? You know what sin means? To simply miss the mark. I miss the mark. I miss the mark. Well, does that mean I'm marked with sin? No, because I can find myself hidden in Christ. And I can say, I'm so sorry, babe. I, I was stressed. Would you forgive me? I let it get the best of me in this moment. And then guess what? Forgiveness, cleansing, confessional, community keeps us moving forward, looking like Christ, acting like Christ, being like Christ, being formed into the image of Christ. That is spiritual formation. If it's not happening in our lives, then what are we even doing? Right? Are we okay with this? Okay, so I have hidden your word in my heart. Could that be our declaration to God every morning? Lord, I've only had five minutes, but I am hiding my word in your heart, in my heart, that I might not sin against you today. Because, man, I, I sometimes get frazzled. And I sometimes get anxious, God. And I sometimes feel in over my head in life. And I sometimes don't always have the right thing to say, or I don't know how to live up to everyone's expectations, God. But God, today I'm going to hide your word in my heart so that today by your grace I will not miss the mark when you have given me a moment. Right? So you know what hidden means if you study it out? It just means treasured treasured. You know, the Bible says that he hides things for those that seek him. He doesn't hide them from us. He hides them for us because he wants us to know him. He wants just like to be pursued. Like, girl, if you're single and you're dating someone that's not pursuing you, you just need to walk away. Write that down. <laughs> Write that down. Why? Because they should pursue you. They should come after you. You should be worth something because you know your worth. You've dropped the lies and you're now walking in your worth. And I just want to say that by the grace of God where maybe we have lost our pursuit of him, may we find it again. Maybe where we have lost our pursuit and our love of our Father because we've known him and served him for a lot of years. May our hearts get that jump start by his spirit that he still has more, that he's still scripting our stories, girl, that he's still writing our futures, and we truly have seen nothing yet. And I truly believe that it's going to get wilder than our wildest dreams. We couldn't dream it if we tried. So hidden means treasured. You know, we bought a, a, a new home. I flip houses and do design work a little bit on the side. And so we just flipped one house. And we just bought another house to flip. And girls, pray for me. Like this house, like it doesn't have a lawn. 
it's a mud pit. Like when I say there's no grass, there is no grass. None. Zero. Absolutely none. So, you know, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, and I like everything perfect overnight, and hello, that's not life. So I'm getting okay with the imperfection of my beautiful mud pit that my kids are running through every single day. Goldie's getting 12 baths a day. So anyway, so we, you know, we're like, okay, we're not going to lay sod. We're going to sow seed. It'll be better. You know, it's been dry. We don't want to waste the money, all this stuff. So here we are. We have all this mud, all this dirt, all this clay. And so we've already, like, killed all the weeds. So, like, we had some weeds that weren't grass, but now all the weeds are even dead. So it's, like, even worse. So now all of the weeds are dead. It looks even worse. We've aerated the ground now. We've dug it all up. And so now it's just like this dust bowl in our front yard. Our neighbors are like, what are they even doing over there? And we've bought the seed. So we've bought the seed that we're going to sow. We're praying to God that we can actually get it to grow. But here we are. And we have the seed, and I want a lawn tomorrow so bad, but I've already told myself I'm not going to get it because we've got some process. But we have the seed, and Kyle said the other day, do I need to start watering yet? And I was like, well, I don't know. No, we haven't sown the seed. See, it's until you actually sow the seed. If you don't, you can aerate you can buy the seed. You can do all the things. But why waste your time? Because grass is not going to grow. It's a waste of time and energy. And you know what, girls? It is not what you know. It's what you sow. Having spiritual maturity in our lives as women, stepping into our future you can be like, how do I know so much more than somebody else? And somebody else kind of like, they're stepping into new things. I'm going to tell you, they have not been stuck on what they know. They've been humbly sowing. Humbly sowing with their life. Humbly sowing in the private time. Humbly sowing in their marriage. Humbly sowing with their life. Humbly sowing in obedience. Humbly sowing showing up. Humbly sowing with their faithfulness. Humbly sowing with putting themselves second and putting somebody else first. Humbly sowing in the soil of service. Surrender. And now the garden of salvation is starting to bloom and starting to grow. But really the only principle that it at work is it's not what they know. It's what they sow. Galatians 6.8 says, she who is sowing to her own flesh will reap corruption. She who is sowing to the spirit of the spirit will reap continuous life. It's not what we know. It's what we sow. I want to speak to girls that in some area of your heart, you don't feel like there's traction. Don't just focus on the dream. Focus on what God's asking you to sow. There are things in my life now that I'm walking in because I sowed it when I didn't want to. I did it when I didn't feel like it. And we can all relate, can't we? We can all relate to that as women. And I want to ask you tonight, just for a second, I want you to just to take a moment. Maybe if you have a journal or if you have a pin out, if you want to take a minute to yourself, in your own heart, quietly, quietly a conversation with the Lord. 
I want to ask you tonight, what really is scripting your story right now? Is an old narrative scripting your story? Is it an old relationship or season that is scripting your story? Or is the power of Christ what is scripting, writing, opening up new chapters for you in your story? Let's just embrace the quiet for a minute. Just take a moment. Think about it. Ask God to show you. What is scripting your story? Is shame still scripting your story? Is shame still scripting your story? Sometimes shame is what leads us to religion. But a relationship with Jesus is what frees us from our shame. And shame is not some big bad thing you always did. Shame simply says to you, you're not enough for the future I'm writing. You're not gifted enough. You're not talented enough. You don't look like her. You don't sound like her. You don't come from what they come from. You don't have what they have. You'll never be who I called you to be. And tonight I am praying that by the Spirit of God, as we make room for all that he is going to do in and through our lives as women of God that are going to allow the saving grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ to forever mark, to forever redeem, to forever rewrite our stories, that we will let it in in the most powerful way. And I will tell you this, there is no testimony too little and there is no testimony too big. Because every testimony, the Bible says that we are set free by the blood of the lamb, by what Jesus did, but we're also set free by the power of our testimony. And I want to say to you, your testimony the script of your story, when you flip the script and you stop allowing shame, insecurity, or fear to be continue to write it, and you can be serving in church and on the AB rotation and doing this and doing that and at prayer night and leading a group, and shame can still be writing your story. And I want to tell you where you really begin to experience the power of Christ. The Christ in me, the hope of the glory that I have found, the hope of glory that I long for, it is found in pursuing him and his salvation in private. And it begins to change the narrative before anybody else even knows it. And it is this beautiful hidden treasure that we have now in earthen vessels that is between us and Jesus. And let me tell you this, girls. It's where her power lies. Her power lies in private. And I want us to take some time as we wrap up this moment. If you could turn in your little uh, journal, if you will. <laughs> it says, despite fill in the blank, God is still writing my future. Despite 
fill in the blank. And I want all of us tonight to fill that in. Take a minute. I don't know if you have a pen. We didn't provide a pen. I'm so sorry. Next time we will. But I know some of you got ten pins in the bottom of that purse. That's like a rite of passage as a woman, isn't it? <laughs> right? <laughs> so I want to ask you, despite blank, your blank and my blank isn't the same blank, but it's still the blockage from him writing our stories. So take a moment. Maybe share with the girl next to you if you feel comfortable. No pressure to. But maybe just take a moment. Remember, in confessional community, there's power. That's where we really gain traction in our mental and emotional health. That our religion or our theology begins to take root in our heart and it actually begins to carry some power. Not in your yesterday. I had an anxiety disorder for over 12 years of my life. After my dad was tragically killed in a car accident, that's not my, dis that's not my despite right now. That's part of my testimony, but that's not my despite in this season. What is it in this season? What's your despite this? Because I'm going to tell you, that mountain will be moved. That miracle, it's going to work out for good. That anything that was meant for harm in my life, God, you will use it and you will turn it around, God, for your goodness and your glory. I want to be a God girl, grounded in the gospel, grounded in his grace, living on mission. Despite all these things, you look at the life of Paul, who wrote so much of the New Testament, and his life wasn't really all that pretty, but it was laced with grace every step of the way. Every shipwreck still speaks to our stories now. His conviction, his passion. What if you got your despite out of the way? I wonder what part of the story might begin.